Hey guys, welcome back to the GOAT Podcast. This is your host, Michael Clark. It is Tuesday, April the 11th. We are officially 16 days away. I said 16 yesterday. I was incorrect. The draft starts April 27th. We are 16 days away from the NFL Draft 2023 edition. And I am telling you what, this is going to be, I think, a spectacular draft. I managed uh, in my fantasy league to... Go ahead and pull off a trade yesterday, uh, which was Sunday. I'm recording this on Monday. But I managed to make a trade for the number one and number two picks in my draft. Uh, I'm really looking forward to utilizing those two picks. Not going to tell you who I'm taking. I need my team's uh, fellow owners to sweat it out, so to speak. Uh, But I will tell you more about that as we get closer to the time. I have a guest with me today and also for tomorrow. This is Mark Garner, Mark, welcome back to the program, man. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun last time. Yeah, Mark's a uh, outspoken football fan, and I say that with a lot of respect because Mark will just tell you what he thinks is true. It doesn't matter whether it's true or not. He'll just tell you that he thinks that it's true, and he'll call it a night. That's exactly right. So I want to have Mark's opinion on today's episode in particular because we're going to be talking about his division. This is a a tough order. I I told Mark, we've already talked about the AFC South and North, uh, AFC and NFC South, I should say, and that makes it tough because those were the two worst teams of all the divisions with quarterbacks. I mean, you have, out of all eight of those teams, Trevor Lawrence is the best one. But then you get down to it and you go, okay, where do we go next? Because I'm, I'm looking at certain divisions right now where there's three, four starting quarterbacks. Uh, there's even some divisions where there are four starting quarterbacks and they don't seem like they're in any danger of losing their job whatsoever. And so now you kind of have to get down into the weeds and say, what's likely to happen? What is possible to happen? And so today we're going to start with the NFC West, the NFC West. Mark, this is a, uh, I don't even know how to really describe it. It's probably the most unique I've ever seen the NFC West quarterback-wise. A lot of talent in there when you really look at it. But I I feel like Kyler Murray, I want to say he's the best. He's definitely the most athletic out of the whole group. But it just seems like the injury bug keeps finding him and he can't really live up to his full potential. But it's going to also be very interesting to see the – you know, what the 49ers do with Brock Purdy going forward because he was such a surprise last year. It's really going to be inter- interesting to see him grow going forward. Well, so I'll tell you, um, looking at it the way that it is, uh, I traded Brock Purdy and Trey Lance in one of those trades to get the number yeah. two pick in in my upcoming rookie draft. Yeah. And I did that not because I think they're trash. I think they actually have a ton of upside. But I think there's a scenario in there, and we can talk about him later because he's not the worst quarterback in the NFC West as far as I see it. There's a scenario there where Brock Purdy ends up on another team or Trey Lance ends up on another team. And you could find like a Tennessee Titans who are really on the back end looking for a new quarterback. Uh, You could find if the Seahawks decided, hey, we don't want to go the quarterback route at five. There's a bunch of different teams that could try to make a trade. I doubt the 49ers trade a quarterback to their rival in Seattle, but uh, let's get into it because I have a controversial take. And see, Kyler Murray's stats his first couple years were, were really good. Yeah. Um, 
And his rookie year, I believe it was his rookie year, it may have been his second year, if he wouldn't have got hurt, he would have easily got over 4,000 yards passing. So his stats are there. He just keeps getting hampered by injuries, which he hasn't had the best offensive line either since he's been there. Well, and, and we can talk about that in a minute too, but let me let me just tell you this because I know I'm going to make you mad. Kyler Murray is the worst quarterback in this division. You really think so? I do, and here's why. We're going to base a lot of this this week off of last year as well as coming into this year. Well, if I do that, Kyler Murray was 25th in yards, 23rd in touchdowns, was 8th in interceptions, and 19th in quarterback rankings. That's not great. No, that's not. And I know he was without DeAndre Hopkins for the first half of the season. I know that he really didn't have the offensive line like you mentioned. But here's the thing. Patrick Mahomes didn't have an offensive line his first couple of seasons. Burrow didn't have an offensive line. Uh, Kenny Pickett really didn't have an offensive line. Kenny Pickett didn't have, you know, studded numbers, but he actually, I mean, he won games. And Murray has lost games that they have no business losing. No, they should have won. And he's going to be 26 years old going into this season, and he's going to miss the majority of it. But I I want to point this out to you. Their last win, if we we look at the stats for last year for Kyler Murray – um, and it, some of you might be thinking, well, that's not fair because he got hurt in that one game. We're not counting any of those games. His stats end on December 12th because that's when he tore his ACL. Their last win was October the 20th. They beat the New Orleans Saints 42-34. to It was a Thursday night game, and it was actually a game where I don't know if you remember this or not, but Kyler Murray wasn't the reason they won. They won because, like, I think it was back-to-back pick sixes yeah. in part that helped turn that game around. But let me just point out the wins because Kyler Murray won three games last year. They lost to the Chiefs. I won't I won't really criticize him for that one. That's, you know, no, a lot it, of people lost lot to the of Chiefs people, last the year. The way they got beat wasn't too good. Yeah, they, they were uh, kind of browbeated into that, in that game. But the next week, they beat the Raiders in overtime. But again, Kyler Murray wasn't really the reason they won that game. Should have beat the Rams that next. Should have beat the Rams the next week. But they, they're they're one and one. They lose to the Rams. They're one and two. They beat the Panthers twenty six to sixteen. Murray had a decent game, but again, he only threw over three hundred yards twice all season. Um, that's not great. Uh, for a guy that was picked number one overall. And that's not something you see Joe Burrow doing. It's not something you see Mahomes doing. It's not something you see Jalen Hurts doing. Um, Jalen Hurts may not have the yardage, but he has the touchdowns. He has the quarterback rating, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But they they win in October, and then they don't win again with Kyler Murray at, at quarterback. And here's who they played. The Minnesota Vikings, they lost 34-26. to Could have won that, but the Vikings were doing really well. They lose to the Seahawks, 31-21. They lose to the Chargers, 25-24. And you can't really lay this at Murray's feet completely because he was hurt on, like, the very first drive. But if I look at Kyler Murray going all the way back to his rookie season, this was a guy that showed a lot of promise. Um, I mean, his rookie season – He had 3,700 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. You then go into his second season, and quarterbacks often have a jump. In 2020, the COVID year, we want to make sure we stress that, Murray threw for 3,900 yards. There was a jump. He got hurt towards the end. And he did. 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So the interceptions stayed the same. His touchdowns went up. We're not even talking about his rushing yards and, and touchdowns here, guys. 
Then they make the playoffs in 2021. He had 3,700 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 picks, and they lose to the Rams in the wild card round. And he played awful in that game. Have you heard the rumor about Kyler Murray, what he's accused of doing? Not watching game film. Yeah, and being like someone pointed out, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I'm not going to look them up because we're not just talking about Kyler Murray today. But Kyler Murray's been accused of when the new Call of Duty comes out every year, his numbers dip. His stats go into the toilet, so to speak, and he's a terrible quarterback. Prior to that, he's awesome. Yeah. But once the online Call of Duty mode comes out, he just doesn't play well anymore. Yeah, he's an avid video game player. And also with Kyler Murray, too, it's – I do think you make a good point – Look, they wouldn't just put that in the contract for no reason. That no. he had to watch, was it three hours of game film a week? Yeah, and then remember they walked it back so quick. Yeah. They were like, well, no, we didn't do that. That didn't happen. Yeah. There, yes, there, it did. I think there's a reason why. I remember the Jamarcus Russell story. Oh, yeah. Where, uh, <laughs> where pretty much, you know, they told him, they gave him a blank disc and they said, hey, go home and watch this and tell us what you think about these plays. Right. Came back the next day, and they said, what would you think? He said, oh, I loved them all. He said, I thought they were great. We need to do every one of them, Coach. I, I really think they were good. So they asked the coach, but he said, I gave him a blank disc. Yeah, not a one <laughs> not like a one, one play was not on that. Not one play was on there. I think that Kyler Murray might have – he's obviously better than Jamarcus Russell, but sure. he just might have a problem of not putting in the work outside uh, of the facilities, which isn't a good thing. And you are talking about a guy – that was taken number one overall. Number the one. year after they had taken, um, oh, man, his name's escaping me now. Baker the, Mayfield? No, they it was number 10 overall. Um, oh, man. I know the name because he was – he's bounced around the league. He hasn't played very well. Uh, what is his name? Oh, it's, it's going to kill me that I, I missed this. Uh, he was drafted 10th overall and basically said every team in front of me made a mistake, and he played so badly that he was cut, like, the very next year for Kyler Murray. Um, oh, oh, it was it Rosen? Yeah, Josh Rosen, Josh that's Rosen. right. Yeah, UCLA. That's right, Josh Rosen. Yeah, yeah, he was terrible. If you're drafted number one overall, you cannot be Can't worse be than Brock Purdy, who was the last pick of the draft this past year. So that brings me to my second worst quarterback in the NFC West. By the way, do you agree or disagree with Kyler Murray being the last? I disagree. I think Geno Smith's going to take a step backwards, and I think Matthew Stafford's going to take a step backwards just because of age. So Geno Smith is my next guy, mm-hmm. and I agree. I agree with you. And it's a tough thing because, like, like I said, we're looking at last year and this year. Murray's not going to play most of this year, so it's kind of an unfortunate thing for him. He is ranked higher in my uh, one through thirty-two quarterback rankings than he is on this list, which is a bad thing for Kyler Murray. Because he could easily get Wally pipped. If a guy comes in and plays really good, yeah. they'll start saying, do we really want to keep him around? Well, like, what if what if something happens and, you know, Andy Dalton gets cut or something like that and he ends up in Arizona and he plays well enough? Or a Brock Purdy situation. They got to yeah. have a quarterback. Colt McCoy, I don't see him being their guy. No, he won't. But, I mean, he's bounced around everywhere. Yeah, so. he, he could be, but I don't see it. But Geno Smith's my next guy. 
Gino is is on borrowed time, they say, and I really love what he did last year. Yeah, Had a spectacular season. Um, let me pull up his stats here while we're talking about him. Uh, but Geno Smith is a player who 10 years ago was waiting in the green room to be drafted. Kept mm-hmm. getting passed up. Nobody drafted him. the second him. round, correct? Jets take him. His career is awful. Um, his career stats, you know, he has 64 touchdowns, 48 interceptions. Think about this for a minute. Prior to this season, Prior to this season happening, his career stat line was 34 touchdowns and 37 interceptions. That was what he had done in his career uh, until last year with the with the Seahawks. That's pretty bad. Also, his yardage was not terrible. He had thrown for 7,000 yards. Um, he completed 399 passes last year. 69.8% completion, and he got a new contract with it. And many people said, hey, Gino's a guy that he could play here another three years. And they gave him a three-year deal. It's really a two-year deal. Um, gives them this year, and they could technically get out of it next year. But his yards last year, he was eighth overall, fourth overall in touchdowns. He had 30. And he was tied for 22nd overall with 11. It was a little high. Not not a great stat. But his QBR, he was 7th in the league. Um, he's absolutely a spectacular player as of last year. But I look at Matthew Stafford, who I think could bounce back. I look at Brock Purdy, who I think, if he's healthy, him and Trey Lance, I think, are the better quarterbacks in their whole division. Um, spoiler alert, I just told you who my number one is in this. But... I see Geno Smith, like you said, taking a step back because I don't know that their team is going to get all that better, well, especially if they take a quarterback at five. That, and I think he prob- they probably took a lot of team by teams by surprise. Geno did. A lot of teams probably weren't expecting him to do that. Yeah, that's a good I, point. I remember when you know he was coming out of West Virginia. He was one of the best recruits that West Virginia has had, or not one of the best recruits, one of the best guys they put out in the draft in a while. But – a lot of the scouts, I think, started to see something in him. Yeah. And that's why they kept passing on him. But at the end of the day, I think he will take a step back because I think people will now know he, they're not going to catch anyone by surprise now, especially Geno Smith. But I do think the Brock Purdy thing is interesting. Yeah. To see what he does this year. If he takes a leap forward, I mean, why not give him a big contract? Yeah. So if Brock and Trey Lance are my number one, and we'll talk about them more in just a minute, that means my number two is Matthew Stafford. And I think Stafford, I'm breaking my rule just a little bit for the rankings because Stafford did not have a great season last year, and he's not necessarily projected to have a stellar season this year. Uh, If we pull up Matthew Stafford's stats, I think you find a guy who had a really good year in 2021, won the Super Bowl, former first overall pick, but he kind of regressed last year back into his old ways. He usually had kind of an interception problem. He was 30th in yards. Now, he did miss quite a lot of time, so I'm not going to hold that against him too much. 30th in touchdowns. I won't hold that against him either because, again, he missed a lot of time. But he threw eight interceptions in the games that he did play. And he played five games. So, you know, or not five games. Let me see. I'm, that's that's totally incorrect. Don't make me lie here. Sorry. He played in about ten games, I believe. Let's see. He he played week one through three picks. Week two, he threw two picks. No picks or interception. No interceptions or touchdowns in week three. Um, 
interception, no touchdowns in week four, week five, six, seven, eight, and nine. He played nine games. He went three and six in that time period and just did not have the eye-popping statistical numbers that he he was used to having. So talk to me about realistic expectations then for Matthew Stafford this year. I I think he could easily get over 3,000 yards passing, but I don't see him throwing more than 25 touchdowns this season. And here's the thing. The thing about Stafford is he's always been bailed out throughout his career with with really good receivers. Yeah. Calvin Megatron Johnson. would catch anything that was thrown his way. Cooper Cup's been really good Cooper with him. Cooper Cup's been really good. And so Stafford's really been spoiled, and he's been bailed out a lot because of Megatron and good receivers. And so when he doesn't have stellar receivers, he's not going to be as good. But I think I do think he takes a step back this year, and this could easily be his last year. I mean, he's almost 40 years old, so this could easily be his last year. And we'll just see what the Rams do. I think the Rams are kind of in a tough situation because they've got an aging roster. But I do think that uh, we'll see him take a step back for sure. Yeah, and I think you're also in a problem too where, like, the Rams have not gotten better. They've gotten significantly worse. They've gotten worse since the Super Bowl. And Monica and I had talked about this on a podcast that unfortunately didn't air. Um, But (laughs) – there's two styles of winning a Super Bowl. You go and you buy all in and you win it all, or you build through the draft and you win it all that way. The Eagles, I think, have tried it both ways. Yeah. They have failed with one way, which is trying to go all in and, and do everything and buy it all. And you know, They were more successful when they kind of had the homegrown talent built up and built in. Um, but, you know, to each their own. The Rams, it didn't, very, didn't really work out for them past winning the Super Bowl. But number one in this for me is – Somewhere between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Now, I know a lot of you, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I know a lot of you are all off of Trey Lance, and Trey Lance is terrible, and Brock Purdy's guaranteed to be the guy. I disagree, and I disagree for one reason and one reason only, draft capital. You don't trade three first-round picks, essentially. Now, technically it was two, but the three three first-rounders were involved. They had one pick in the same draft that they gave to the team that they traded with to go up and select Trey Lance. But you don't move all the way up to number three overall and select a guy, let him play essentially two games in his career, and then just be like, oh, we're done with you because Brock Purdy was so good. Yeah. You don't do that. And so I think Trey Lance is going to have the inside track and edge this year. Um, I've said this, I think, on the podcast before. This is episode 24. I don't know if I've said it or not. But I know when I do my quarterback rankings for each class, I've said on on record, Will Levis is my number one quarterback in this class. I'm not saying that because I think he's more talented than C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. I'm saying that because I think he'll end up on a better team and he'll play better, just like Josh Allen and just like a few others over the years. Trey Lance was my number one quarterback, even be, even above Trevor Lawrence. And a lot of people gave me flack for that. And right now I'm taking a lot of heat for that because Trevor Lawrence has played lights out and Trey Lance has not played at all. But I think Lance has the inside track. However, I'll give Brock Purdy his due because we're looking at a guy that was Mr. Irrelevant. Those of you that are casual football fans, you don't really think about the draft all that much. Let me tell you who Mr. Irrelevant is. Mr. Irrelevant is the last pick in the NFL draft. So there's 260-plus picks in the NFL draft. 
Last year, he was 262nd overall. And he came out, and he had to play in over 10 games, I believe. Um, Yeah, he started October the 9th. He came in, I think, in relief of that for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Played the next week against the Chiefs. uh, Threw an interception, didn't throw any touchdowns. One against the Cardinals, one against the Dolphins, one against the Buccaneers, one against the Seahawks, one against the Commanders, one against Vegas, one against the Cardinals. And then in the playoffs, guys, had he not gotten hurt, he had beaten the Seahawks. He threw three touchdowns. He beat the the Dallas Cowboys. Had he not gotten hurt in that game against the Eagles, there is an argument to be made that game would have been a lot closer. Been more competitive. I, I agree. don't know that the Eagles would have lost. I'm not saying that, but It'd I am saying more competitive. It would have been probably 31-28 yeah. instead of 31 to seven. So Brock Purdy deserves his due. He threw 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. He didn't make mistakes much, and I don't think he had a single game. Yeah, he didn't have a single game with multiple turnovers. No. Until, uh, when, when I say, let's say multiple mistakes. He didn't have a single game with multiple mistakes until he struggled against the Cowboys, which who wouldn't have struggled against the Cowboys? Mm-hmm. They had a good defense. Had a good defense. And he was a, he's a green rookie, you know. I mean, he threw for 214 yards. But until that, he had absolutely been mistake-free basically the entire season that he played. Give me your thoughts on Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. I think... If I'm the 49ers, I'm just making it an, op- an open competition in training camp. Yeah. I'm saying, look, you know, at the end of the day, you're exactly right. They traded up. They got Trey Lance. They did all everything they needed to do. But what Brock Purdy did, I mean, you just can't ignore that. Yeah. You just can't. And so I think they are, they need to make it an open competition. I think deep down inside, the ownership wants Lance to start simply because that was the guy they wanted. But if Brock Purdy just plays too good, you, you just don't have any – you, you just don't – you have no choice. And even if it doesn't work out with the 49ers, Brock Purdy could probably go somewhere and get a really nice contract. And so I think either way, it's set up pretty good for him. Yeah, I mean, you own his rights for the next three years. Yeah. What do you have so, to I mean, do? Yeah. I mean, if he ends up playing again for Trey Lance, if Lance is kind of an injury-prone quarterback, which let me just say this, Kyle Shanahan, I know you're not listening, but please stop running the quarterback. Like, let, let the quarterback yeah. throw. Let Trey Lance do what Justin Fields does. He mm-hmm. runs when he sees it. Lamar Jackson has kind of toned down the running a little bit more but he's still getting hurt all the time. Uh, Robert Griffin III never learned to tone down the running never game, did. and it killed his career. You Cam Newton. Can't, you can't do it as much in no. the NFL. Michael Vick is a very good you know, kind of testament to how you should play the game because Vick ran, but only when it was absolutely necessary. necessary. But he had a cannon on him too. Past a certain point in his career. He used to run all the time in the beginning of his career, but especially with like the Eagles, he would throw it away before he would run. And then he'd run if he had to. That's an important thing to think about. But that's the NFC West. With the remaining time that we have, we want to talk about the NFC East. I think this won't go as long because it's kind of more cut and dry in my opinion. Um, I know some of you at home are going to disagree with me, and I respect your right to disagree, but I'm going to have to tell you how I feel because this is the podcast that I host on football, 
and therefore my take is needed to be given. You can email us at goatversusgoat at gmail.com. That'll be down in the show notes. Tell us your opinion. Tell us what you think. But we're talking about the NFC East. It's a clear-cut worst quarterback in the division right now, and it's Jalen Hurt. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's Sam Howell. Yeah, um, I mean, the commanders, there's just not much working for him right there. And there's no real guarantee as to what they're going to do, but like I do think they believe Sam Howell can play for them. Mm-hmm. He was a fifth-round pick, 144th overall, and he played in North Carolina. He was the starting quarterback for the Tar Heels, and Which doesn't have a good history of turning out good quarterbacks, no. Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> um, but, you know, Sam Howell is a guy that a lot of people talked about being, like, the third-best quarterback in that draft last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And I don't disagree that he probably belongs above Malik Willis because Malik Willis is not going to be the starter anytime soon. No, he's not. And Sam Howell is currently being touted as he's our guy. He played one game, one game, Against the Cowboys. Which has a good defense. They did bench a lot of their players, so that needs to be kind of thrown yeah, out does. there. That's that's sure. He was still sacked three times, but he didn't make many mistakes. He threw one interception. One touchdown. And he had a touchdown. I think Sam Howell is a guy that they're they're looking at saying, hey, he's 23 years old when the season kind of begins. Like one week into the season, he'll turn 23. Let's give him a shot, see what he's got. And if he's not got it, then we can trade next year and go get a guy. Um, I, I think it's pretty cut and dry that Sam Howell is the fourth best quarterback in that league, uh, in that division. You have any disagreement or any I thoughts? I don't disagree with that at all. He has to prove himself first. Number three, and this is where I'm going to lose you guys, Dak Prescott. I agree with you. Um, I I understand, and I, I'm, I'm giving you a moment, those of you that are listening, to think about – what I said, because I know it's probably going to frustrate you. But I want you to think about something. In Dak's career now, Dak has usually been a pretty good quarterback. He doesn't turn the ball over much. But last year, he turned the ball over a lot. He didn't have a true number two wide receiver. They tried to get him one midway through the season with T.Y. Hilton. That didn't go very well. Um, Michael Gallup was hurt a good portion of the year. C.D. Lamb hasn't really shown what he did in Oklahoma in his second – you know, this was the year CeeDee Lamb should have been Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson-type numbers, and he didn't do it. And so you have to kind of wonder, is it Dak or is it just the Cowboys? But let me give you some stats, okay? Last year, Dak Prescott, who missed a couple of games, let's let's be fair, I think he missed five games. Dak was 20th in yards at 2,800 yards, 13th in touchdowns at 23. Geno Smith threw seven more touchdowns than him. He threw 15 interceptions. He was tied at 33rd in the league. Do you know what that means? There are 32 quarterbacks that start, meaning there's either you're the, you're the best or you're the worst at 32 or at one. If you're tied for 33rd, that means he was beyond league average for interceptions. And he was 12th in quarterback rating at 57.9. Here's where I think that Dak belongs here instead of Daniel Jones. Dak can't win a playoff game to save his life past the rookie, the wild card round. Look, played the Buccaneers, lights out. 305 yards, 25 completions, 33 you know total attempts. He had... 
300 yards, four touchdowns. Had a quarterback rating of 96.5 and an overall rating of 143.4. Now, you would think the next week they're going in, they're at San Francisco, and I get it. That's honestly tough place to play. Could have made a case they could have won the game. They could have won the game because it was the exact same scenario as the year before. I believe their 12 points was all field goals as well. So They lost last year and this year because of Dak Prescott. I'm not changing that opinion. No, and the thing also about Dak is what happens if you come into this year and he gets hurt again? Yeah. And then he's sitting half the season. It's like – at what point do you're like, okay, do we need to move on? You know, he. I just – I think Dak, he's good, but to me he really just – he hasn't – he's a typical Dallas Cowboy. He's good, but he just hasn't been great. He just finds ways to lose games, just like the Dallas Cowboys have done ever since the 21st century. He just finds ways. But I think as Daniel Jones goes – I know everybody was shocked when he got that contract. And honestly, I was a little taken back by it too. But I do think Daniel Jones, I mean, he hasn't had the best offensive line. He hasn't had the best talent around him in New York. But I think now that he has a good head coach, I think he's going to start doing a lot better. I think he has two years to do something. They go out and get Darren Waller. They're really trying to give him the tools. Um he had a tall order having to play the Philadelphia Eagles, and nobody on the Giants played well that night. No, nobody. they didn't. Um, at one time, they were leading in that game, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. They, they scored a touchdown early on, um, but it quickly got away from them as they lost 38-7. to But getting back to Dak before we move on to Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott is the guy where if he has another season like he did last year, this season, like you mentioned, if he gets hurt or if he has those problems, Dak's not going to be a Dallas Cowboy anymore. I don't think so either. It- well, think, and let me ask you this. Dallas picks in the first round, obviously in the second round. Let's say Hendon Hooker from Tennessee yeah. is falling. Yeah. Why am I to believe that Jerry Jones won't do to Dak what Dak did to Tony Romo? Exactly. And that he won't take Hendon Hooker and just say, hey, we need a backup quarterback. Hendon Hooker's got all the, the skills, but a lot of people aren't really positive that he's a great quarterback. He had one-year production, basically. Let's just kind of give him a chance. Test the water. And then if Dak goes down, Hendon Hooker could go in and then boom, off to the races. If you see the Cowboys take any type of quarterback, because right now their backup is Cooper Rush, and that's not really striking much fear in anybody as taking Dak's job. But if you see them take a quarterback or they somehow get a quarterback, like if, let's say, a guy gets cut, and they end up signing him, look out. Yeah, number, I agree with you. Number two on the list is Daniel Jones. And I get, I get it. He didn't have the touchdowns. Dak threw more touchdowns, and he also threw more picks. So don't at me. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean let's, uh. let's be real. He threw ten more picks. Daniel Jones threw eight less touchdowns. Yeah, Really? That's not that bad. Also, you have to consider something. Daniel Jones looked good last year. He's going to be 26 when the season starts this year. And he's got his running game going. He's got a wide receiver core that's kind of coming up now with Darren Waller being available. But he didn't make mistakes. He had one game all season 
where he threw more than one interception. And he had one, two, three, four games all year that he made a turnover like that. That's not the Daniel Jones that we saw in his rookie season. Let's just go back and look at it. Daniel Jones' rookie season, 24 touchdowns, not bad, 12 interceptions. Kind of a little careless with the football here and there. Had multiple games with two picks or more. He had three to be exact. Rookie season, don't give him a lot of flack for that. Showed promise. Year two, he threw 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He took a step back. And he played the whole year, guys. He didn't miss, like, any time. He didn't miss any time. So cut the narrative out. Cut the narrative out for 2020. That, oh, well, it wasn't that great of a year. No, he, he regressed. 2021, a lot of people were saying, there's no way this guy's getting another contract. He threw 10 touchdowns and seven picks. And he played a great majority of the year. He missed all of December. He did get hurt. But he played a majority of the year. Actually, he might have even just gotten benched. I don't even know if he got hurt. Do you know if he either. got hurt in 2022? I, I, I know he has struggled with injuries, but I don't know if he got hurt or not. He must have gotten hurt. I, I don't remember him being benched because surely if he had been benched, they wouldn't have signed him to another contract. But he threw for 2,400 yards that year. And in 2019, let me just get the, the yardage down here, 3,000 yards. In 2020, he threw... 2,900 yards, and then in 2022, he threw 3,200 yards. Had the most yards of his career, had the most, you know, I guess you could say the least mistakes he's ever made in a career, and he looked good. And I I believe Daniel Jones is one of those guys that could hopefully kill the narrative. Well, he's got to do it this year. He's got to. He has to. And if if he regresses this year – The Giants are going to look really bad. Yeah, and they're going to be saddled to him for another season or two. I mean, they're stuck with that contract. No one else is going to want it. So I think this is the year he's got to step forward. Which brings us to number one, and we'll try not to talk about him too long. Jalen Hurts. I'll let you you start while I pull up his statistics. Well, I think, you know, when the Eagles first drafted Jalen Hurts, I was not sold on him. In fact, I was kind of upset with the pick. And he went to your favorite college team, too. So I He mean, went to Oklahoma, and when he was at Oklahoma, you know, he was good. We made the playoffs. We got trounced by LSU that year. But I always felt like his pocket presence was not good. I felt like he was too inconsistent and careless with the ball. And I just didn't feel like he, seed the field. he, he saw the field very well. Right. But what I see now in him is he's throwing the ball a lot better he has a lot of weapons around him. I mean, he has so many weapons. And he's smarter with his decisions, but I, I still wish he would get better at taking care of the football at times. Yeah. And that's my only thing of him. But I do think I, I could see him easily winning the MVP next year. Yeah, obviously he's got to beat out Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow in the AFC. He's got to. It's not going to be easy. I don't think that's a stretch to say that he could be an MVP candidate. Going back to his rookie season, he was drafted the year after they won the Super Bowl, like Mm -hmm. two years after, I think, to be exact. Yeah, Carson Wentz was Carson was still there. Irate about it. And Jalen Hurts was there. And I remember wanting the Steelers to get him in the second round. Yeah. Because we knew Ben was not going to be playing Which is forever. We drafted him in the second round. And you so. took him right before and and all, right all after we most took Eagle Claypool. most Eagle fans and you can go look on YouTube, Eagles fans react to Jalen Hurts draft pick. They were upset about it. 
Yeah. Because it, as we're a lot, because we were wanting Carson to stay, we weren't wanting Jalen Hurts. We wanted a defensive tackle, but I mean he's outdone everyone's expectations, including mine. Because as I watched him at Oklahoma, I never thought he would be a great NFL quarterback. Well, and you're looking at his rookie stats. He didn't play a whole lot. Yeah, he was kind of sparingly, and honestly, he was he was really looked at as a gadget player yeah. in his first season. Didn't know what to do with him. Six touchdowns, four picks. 2021, uh, he was able to become the guy, and he played pretty well. Not great, but you know he's coming into his own. 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Lost to the Chiefs, um, who, you know, in 2021 would almost go to another Super Bowl. I believe he lost to the – was it the Buccaneers in the first round, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was that year they were 9-8 and eight or whatever yeah. and yeah. barely made barely the playoffs. Barely made the playoffs. Last year they absolutely exploded. I mean, Jalen Hurts was a guy – and keep in mind, we're not even talking about his rushing touchdowns. Last year, he had 22 passing touchdowns, six interceptions, 13 rushing touchdowns. He had almost um, 5,000 total yards. He had 4,400 yards, so he was close to 5,000 yards. Yeah, he was. That's not crazy to say that he could be an MVP candidate this season. He could be. And you were there with me, their only loss that they had when Jalen played. He missed a couple games last year, too. Yeah, he did. And you remember what I kept saying? What was? Do you remember the phrase? I said, "It's just that kind of night." Yeah. Because no one was going to beat the Commanders on Monday Night Football. No, that night. the Commanders. And, and the thing is, too, with Jalen is, like you said, he was hurt for a couple games. He would have easily gotten over four thousand yards passing. Oh yeah, and, and probably closer <laughs> to thirty touchdowns yeah. on the season too. And maybe, and maybe over a thousand yards rushing. That might be a stretch, but. Uh, yeah, I, I just think Jalen Hurts is I, – I really do think he is the perfect guy for Philadelphia. And I just think with all the weapons around him, he's just going to continue to get better. One of the things that I know about Jalen Hurts is that there is one thing that could derail his production. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if they passed a rule on this or not, but I know several people complained about – that quarterback sneak thing that they yeah, got Yeah, and on. I think the NFL said they're going to allow it for this year. So I do think that it will probably go away at some point, um, mainly because I don't see how that's any different than leverage. Yeah. I get it. It's legal, so it can be allowed. So it's, it's not an illegal thing. But I look at it kind of like it would be as if someone could say, well, you can punch a guy in the face, but you can't grab his face mask. Yeah. Well, the reason you can't grab his face mask is you're trying to protect the head. And if I punch you in the face – I'm still hitting you in the head, and therefore it's just as dangerous as grabbing your face mask and twisting. But I think that potentially could hurt him because they got a lot of first downs that way. They got a lot of touchdowns that way too where people just kind of push him into the end zone, in the Super Bowl especially. Tons of times. But I'm not going to say – I'm not going to say that Jalen Hurts is a guy that – will become a terrible quarterback when that happens. The one thing that could derail this whole thing is what kind of contract will he sign? Because if he signs some massive deal and doesn't go the Mahomes and Brady route, y'all could be in trouble. Could be in trouble. And, like, they're talking about, you know, I was looking. 
I've seen some that say like two hundred and seventy five million, but then I've seen some that said up to five hundred million. Yeah. And if he signed like a five hundred million dollar contract, I mean, and he doesn't pan out, that's gonna be rough. But I, I do think next year I just think he'll continue to get better and I think he'll be in the M V P conversation. I think you're right. Well, that has been the worst to first quarterback rankings for the NFC East and the NFC West. Tomorrow, we'll be back with two more quarterback divisions to go through. Until then, take care.